0: So last week was a very cool week. Uh it was our vision service and the thing that I loved about it is we didn't just get up here and talk about all the things we want to accomplish this year. We talked about who we are in Christ and the things that we do will all center around loving God and loving others. That's that's the bottom line. You know, we're we're not a complicated people and our God's not a complicated God. We love him and we love others. And in that message, there were a couple of verses from Luke chapter 9 that we read. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2 said this. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And verse 6 tells us, So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The passage that we're going to read tonight um, in Matthew, it definitely shows us the importance of doing just that, proclaiming the good news and healing people. We're going to to probably spend a few weeks in Matthew. And so here's, here's my encouragement to you guys, just like it was when we were studying Daniel. Get in your words. Get ahead of me find something awesome and call me and go I found this, this is awesome and and maybe I'll preach it. I mean I love when God just reveals cool things in his word. So Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be and it's there are so many just awesome things. Um, in preparing this message tonight the most difficult thing for me was I have so much to preach there's so much that God has just made to come alive. I'm like you know it'd take three hours and they'd hate me and they'd be so bored. I'd be so excited for three hours. Then they'd be so bored saying, shut up already. But so I'm not going to do that. We're just going to break it down into several weeks. So uh, I want to read uh, from the, Matthew chapter 9, the first eight verses here real quick. And then we'll just kind of jump around a little bit and come back. So Matthew chapter 9. Jesus stepped into a boat crossed over and came to his own town. Some men (laughs) brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Isn't that that an interesting response? Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man, so that's a term that Jesus used for himself, the Son of Man, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man got up took his mat and went home. When the crowd saw this they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to men. There's two things that I want to make abundantly clear tonight and that we need to grasp 100% in our hearts. It is God's desire to heal our bodies, to heal our hearts, to heal our lives and to wash away our sins, to cleanse our sins and to heal us. And Jesus, even in this discussion that he had with those that are all upset that that Jesus was declaring he had the authority to forgive sins, which he does. He said, well, Which is easier? To say, Your sins are forgiven or get up? He ended up saying both. Now, it, it, when, when studying the Word, there's, there's times we just need to, I mean, most of the time, we just need to be patient and read the Word and go, Lord, what do you have to say in this? And in studying this, there's some real cool things that just kind of. Came to mind right away. Number one, when Jesus first said, "Son, your sins are forgiven," at that point there was there was no response from the man. He wasn't healed. He didn't get up. He was there was no response. Now we see a response from the people, and we see that in their hearts, you know, that they, they there was evilness brewing, and then they started talking. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said, You know, why do you think such things? But when Jesus gave that command to the man, and said, Hey, your sons are forgiven, there was no response. The man didn't get up. How do we know that? Because Jesus came back later and said, Get up, take up your mat and go home. And then it says, Then the mat, the man got up and went home. I I have a I have a thought on that. Um Why is it so hard for us to believe that Jesus just wants to, just like that, just wash away our sins? Why do we have such a tough time believing that He loves us so much that just at His Word, that we're forgiven? Why do we beat ourselves up? Why do we qualify things and say, I am not worthy. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been. Lord, I deserve this mess that I'm in. Why? Why do we do that? Jesus wanted to heal this man. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. The man did nothing. But after his little mini sermonette, he said, get up, take up your mat, go home. Then the man got up healed and whole. Friends, he loves us. He doesn't make us jump through a bunch of hoops to get to His forgiveness. He doesn't make us do a bunch of prayers. He doesn't make us do a bunch of good works to counteract all of our junky stuff we've done. He doesn't do any of that. He says, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. It's not about us. See, if we make it about us in trying to earn His forgiveness, then we'll make it about us and our own little scale of righteousness. Well, I'm ultra righteous because I fed five homeless people, helped three elderly women across the street, and I bought 12 box of Girl Scout cookies. So I am righteous, whatever that scale is. But it's his scale that matters. And his scale says you're forgiven. Do you believe in me? Do you trust in me? You're forgiven. Plain and simple. But you don't know. Actually, I do know and you're forgiven. But Lord, if you know, then you knew what I, I know. You're forgiven. So many times it's easier for us to receive his healing than it is his forgiveness. Church, Jesus came so that we would be whole in healing and whole in standing with God. Forgiven. This passage that we read here in Matthew chapter nine is also listed in Luke chapter 5 and Mark chapter 2. And we might know it with a little bit of a different twist. So I want to read one of those um, retelling of this same story. So in Luke chapter 5 verse 17 One day as Jesus was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to, get, or to say get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. So interesting that, I mean, do you see a major part of this story that's totally left out in Matthew's retelling of it? What's the major part that's in this story. That's also in Mark chapter two. That, that Matthew just completely left out. Anyone, anyone, tell? The house, the roof, the lowering. Right? The crowd was so big, and there they are. Same men, same you know paralyzed guy on the mat, same carrying him to Jesus. But in this instance, you know, in the other two tellings of it, in Luke and in Mark, we see that the place was packed. They tore a hole in the place, removed tiles, and lowered him that way. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that like a major thing to kind of leave out? Here's why I think it was left out. The very next verse in Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. The very next verse after he healed the man. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. What book are we reading in? Matthew. This is the same Matthew. We saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Here here's my my thoughts on why Matthew just kind of brushed over that major thing. Matthew was a tax collector. I'm gonna put you on pause. We're gonna I'll come back, it's gonna build drama. Matthew was a tax collector. And you could not have had a more despicable profession in those days. Uh, there was a lot of corruption among tax the, the taxmen, the tax collectors. They worked with the Roman, Roman government, so everybody felt like they were getting shafted. Everyone felt like, you know, it doesn't matter who we are, the tax collector is going to give us a raw deal. They were despised. And not just in their occupation, they were despised as people. They were known as being corrupt and unethical and ungodly and immoral people. Okay, And this is Matthew. The same Matthew who wrote this book. We're reading out of Matthew chapter 9. The same Matthew who responded to this call from Jesus. See, when Matthew is telling this story, the lowering of someone to the roof, the tearing a hole through the roof and lowering them down, that's not the major thing that stands out to Matthew. That's not the thing that impacted his life. See, Matthew heard about this story. Matthew didn't, you know, witness this story. He heard about these things. But when he heard about it, the thing that stood out to him was this. I can be forgiven of my sins. This man has the power to wipe away my past. This man has the power to wipe away my reputation. This man has the authority to speak to people who are paralyzed and to say your sins are forgiven and get up and both take place. We're forgiven and we're whole. The, the roof that's that's cool that's 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 cool but i want to get straight to the point where jesus called my name and said the same thing to me that's why i think matthew left that part out he's the, he's the writer of this book he's like i got to get straight to the point where jesus demonstrated that exact same thing to me when we read you know when we kind of read between the lines on some things matthew knew who jesus was he heard the miracles that were taking place. This is Jesus' town. Right at the beginning of this, it says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Matthew knew who Jesus was. He heard the stories. He heard the great things. And when he saw Jesus coming, I can just imagine it. The closer that Matthew got to Jesus, and Jesus is like looking right at him, and the closer he got, you know, I could, I could just see him getting nervous going, is he, is he coming to me? Is he coming over to talk to me? And Jesus just walked up to him and told him, follow me. Leave it all behind and follow me. Matthew knew who this man was. This was the man that could wipe away the past, that could heal the sick, that could heal the paralyzed, and that could forgive sins. And what did Matthew do? He left it all behind and he walked away and he followed Jesus. Jesus asserted his authority through grace. Jesus, our mediator, our advocate, the one who stands in the gap for us, was intent on showing the power to forgive sins and the willingness to forgive sins. What did he ask of Matthew? What did he ask of Matthew as he said, follow me? What provisions, what clauses, what caveats did Jesus ask of Matthew as he said, follow me? nothing. He didn't even say repent of your sins. This paralyzed man, he didn't even say repent of your sins and you'll be forgiven. Our Lord wants us with Him. Wants to see us whole and healed and walking with Him. You Guys, when we're touched by God, you don't have to be told to repent. You just repent. You just fall before the Lord and say you are great you are awesome the power that Jesus displayed in curing the sick proved that he was sent by God but the compassion that Jesus displayed in healing the sick proved that he was sent by God to heal and to save healing to save it it wasn't enough for him just to touch their lives and see their physical or emotional or mental afflictions gone but he wants to see us completely whole the crippled man's sickness was just a symptom it was a symptom of the disease of sin Michael, you hand me that box, please. I need tissue. I'm going to say that again. crippled man's sickness was just a symptom of the disease of sin. When healing the sick, sin is an interesting topic debated by many people in the word we see them discuss Lord whose sin caused this man's sickness his or his parents does it matter when you're face to face with the one who defeats sin does it matter see in the garden of Eden there was no sickness prior to sin prior to the fall of man there was no sickness and then the fall of man takes place, sin takes place, and now sickness is abundant. So all sickness can be rooted to sin. I'm not here to, to, to make a, a theological point of, well, whose sin is it? That's not the point. Jesus conquered sin. That is the point. I started off reading passages and talking about last week that we are called to go throughout the villages preaching the kingdom of God and healing the sick, Right? We need to know whose authority we speak on behalf of. We bear the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus was given all authority in Luke, I'm sorry, in John chapter 5. We see in, I believe it's verse 26 and 27. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Jesus has all authority. And when, when he left, after he died, conquered death, rose from the grave, spent 40 days hanging, proving that he's alive, that he's real healing, eating with people, proving he's not a ghost, so he ate with them. Because if he didn't eat with them, it could have just been a ghost. He still could be dead, but he's like, nah, I'm hungry, because I'm alive. So feed me. 40 days. Then he ascended. And he said, all authority that's been given to me, I give to you. Authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to proclaim the good news. The same thing that keeps us from at times receiving his forgiveness of sins is the same thing that keeps us from going out there and declaring his power, his good news. That's that's unworthiness. We feel unworthy. Well, who am I? I'm not a preacher, Mark. You you know, you're, you're good at that. You get out there and do it. Who who am I to do that? Well, you're you bear the name of Jesus Christ. You're the same one who walks with all authority. If you have trusted your life in Jesus, you carry the same authority I have. It's just that I I like to talk, and I'm you know kind of good at it. And God called me to get up here and talk. That's to you guys to equip you guys so that we could all go out there and share. Jesus has the ability and the desire and the power and he made it abundantly clear that he has the power to cure the original disease of sin. And also the desire to and the power and the authority to remove the symptom, the sickness. Hmm. When we walk in the authority of God and we walk with the good news of Jesus on our lips, God's power gets to be seen immediately immediately symptoms change immediately look at how quickly God can turn our circumstances this man went from being carried on a bed paralyzed by his friends to getting up walking and carrying the same bed that he was carried on, carrying it home this man went from being a burden to being a blessing it may sound very harsh to, to say he went from being a burden. He was a burden. This was a man that had to be carried. This is a man that had to be tended and cared for. His his family. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything for himself. So they, no doubt, lovingly cared for this man and fed this man and bathed this man and ke- cleansed this man you, 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 tell, you can't tell me Jesus doesn't change our lives this man went from being a burden to carrying his mat and going home and you notice that Jesus told him go home go home why walk through those doors and now be a blessing to those same people that have cared for you and have loved you go home to them and show them that you are loved by me and that I loved enough to demonstrate it in my healing. How do we see the heart of our God in this? Jesus very easily could have been like, "Hey, now you know everyone knows you as a paralyzed guy. Do me a favor, hang out with me for a while, walk with me for a while, be, be a part of my, you know, my crew. Let let everywhere we go, let people see that that you are healed and you know." That would be good, right? So that people could see the the power of the Father. See, Jesus' heart is is for families. It's for individuals. He's like, no. Go home. Pick up your mat. The one you were carried in on. Pick up your mat. So that everyone who sees you is going to go, isn't that? No. It, Yeah. That's. And go home. Jesus never once prayed for anyone to be healed of sickness. It's not listed in the Bible one time. Not once does he pray for the sick to be healed. But every time he heals the sick. What's the difference? You're arguing semantics. No, I'm not. When we come before Jesus and and people are sick, we don't have to say, Father, if it is your will. Heal this person. Because Jesus demonstrated that it was God's will. By what he suffered prior to going on the cross and the stripes that he took on our behalf, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes we are healed. We see the purpose of God. So when we speak to sickness, we don't have to say, sickness! Hold on. Lord, make this sickness go away. If we're watching like a, I don't know, like a a gladiator movie or something, we see a prince, and and if he sees injustice being done, never once do we see that heroic prince go, I am so going to tell my dad, you are busted, dad. Look at this injustice being done. Right? I mean, we'd go, I want my money back. This popcorn is now making me nauseous. What a horrible hero. No, the prince steps in. And he demonstrates the authority he has because he knows who his father is. He knows who he is. And he stops the injustice. Church, we got to know who we are. Friends, we got to know who we are. That we walk in the same authority. That we don't have to go to daddy and say, Daddy, will you do this? We can go he's already told me I can do this in the name of Jesus and the authority he gave Jesus he's given to me sickness be gone, injustice be gone and it's not about us because you're not the healer Jesus is, in the name of Jesus sickness be gone well what if what if the sickness doesn't go well, it ain't about you anyway it's about him pray again we see in this passage Jesus said son your sins are forgiven and nothing happened. why? Because God's ways are God's ways, and we trust Him in His ways. And if it requires us coming back and praying a second time, then we do it a second time. We see throughout the Word that Jesus, there's times, you know, you know, come forth, speaking to the dead. Come forth! And then a third time, come forth. But yet we go, man, if I pray and nothing happens, I'm going to look stupid. Well, it ain't about you. And Jesus never looks stupid because he is the healer. Maybe we just need to have the faith to say, "Yeah, hey, pray for your elbow. How does that feel? No, let's pray again. You know, we had a, a show here uh, a week ago yesterday, last Friday, and Josh's band came in and they did a concert and it was awesome. We had tons of kids in here just having fun and then they got to hear a message and three of those young people responded and gave their lives to Christ. But the bass player, Derek, beforehand, he's, he was in so much pain. His neck was hurting. And he's like, oh, man, I just, you know, can we pray? I'm like, yeah. So I went and got two two friends of mine, Stephen and Christy Owens. They're pastors of a church in Frederick. I'm like, let's go. So I went and got the, the A-team, baby. You know, we went in there and we're like, and we went and prayed. Laid hands on him and prayed. And and, and uh, we said, move your neck around. He's like, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's better. Um yeah, it's partway better. And Steve looked at him and goes, well, aren't you glad that we don't serve a partway God? And we laid hands on him again and prayed. And and, and said, now how it feel? And he's like, it only hurts when I go to the extreme sides, but this is so much better. All right, let's pray again. And we went and prayed, and we laid hands on him again. And then Christy said, I, I believe the Lord just, when, when you get out there and start jumping around, that you're just... The minute you just put your faith into action, you're not even going to feel that. So just like that, this guy went from that, you know, I'm not going to rock out because I I can't. We all know I can't. But Derek was rocking out, doing his thing, ministering in his way, playing the bass. We, We can't be afraid to pray and walk away and go, oh and it didn't work I didn't heal him well yeah you didn't heal him and you'll never heal him just like you'll never save him because you're not the healer nor the savior Jesus is both the healer and the savior right we just lay claim to his name we just speak in his name and his authority not our authority there's times I'll pray and I'll say this isn't being spoken in my authority of which I have none but I speak in the authority of Jesus Christ (laughs) oh man it ain't about me It's not about you either. It's not about you either. If you're here tonight and your past or your reputation or your sins or your failures are just tormenting you, it, can, Jesus says, I can make it, if you make it about me, I'll forgive your sins. I'll forgive them. No penance, no lapse. Just trusting in him. And one of the cool ways he wants to demonstrate his love and his power is through healings. So, check it out. Someone doesn't have to be saved to be healed. We see it throughout the Word. They don't have to be saved to be healed, they don't even have to be there of their own accord. This Joker wasn't even there of his own accord. He might have been kicking and screaming the whole time. His friends are like, shut up. And they carried him in. I I don't know. That's, you know. My friends might have done that to me. I don't know. It's not about us. We see in this passage, Jesus says some amazing things. Man, because of your friend's faith, you're going to be healed. Woman, because of your faith, you're healed. Because of your lack of faith, get out of the room so I can heal this, raise this girl from the dead. I mean, all throughout this chapter, we see cool things with faith. And you're like, well, which one is it? It ain't about us so it's all these things because it's about Jesus